This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's your Brentford fan shout on Love Spot with B Sotted. Good evening, uh, Monday night across the capital. And Slavisio Kanovic responding to his team being a goal down at half time. Is that making a double substitution uh, with Fosu Mensa being replaced by Christie? And uh, Kevin McDonald also coming on as well for uh, for Fulham. Fulham are 1-0 down uh, in the big game at the bottom of the Premier League. Good evening, Billy the B. Grant. Hello, Aaron. How you doing? Yeah, it's been a while, pal. Yeah, man. I was, I, was, I, was, I was up in the mountains last week, actually. I decided to go away. I was up in the mountains. I was in boats. I was in boats. I was on... Well, there was a lot of water. There's a lot of sun. And I just decided to get away into nature. Just get away from this football nonsense. Brentford hadn't won for a lot of games. And I just you need thought, a bit of a time out? I need a bit of time out. Me and my son, we went away for a time out. We went up the mountain, went on boats, with white water rafting. We were doing all sorts of nonsense, you know what I'm saying? Just going back to nature. And uh, I, I found myself. Jerry, when was the last time you went back to nature? Probably in the bath this morning. In the bath this morning? Yeah. In nature. Okay, yeah. Uh, and Dave, well, said. Dave, you and nature, mate, do you, do you have a mix? Um, I've cut the grass at the weekend. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, good evening, chaps. Good evening. Good evening. Um, we're buzzing, we're buzzing. Again. No, no, no. I, mean, I, can, I can feel it because obviously you've, got, you've had the win. Thomas Frank, the, the, the sort of the bad run or... I don't know if you could call it a run, really. That was passed on to him by Dean Smith. You mean? Yeah, it's that run, it's yeah, that Dean run, Smith, the yeah. grandest. I'm yeah. not going to look. I'm, I'm, I'm not looking at the grander scheme of things, and you know the run that was passed on by Dean Smith. I'm looking at the the mini Frank run. It's done. It's, yep, yeah, we're back. We're back. The season's back on track. We look good on Saturday as well. And uh, yeah, we're we're a little bit, little bit kind of more relieved, I'd say. This time last week, were we worried? Uh, concern, I think concern is more the word, isn't it? Yeah. More concern than worry. You know. Well, again, yeah. I mean, there was a bit of worry, a bit of concern. Is this interesting? I was listening to me, you know, as, as you do, listening to the radio show from me, from my hotel room in Turkey. At, it was about one o'clock in the morning or twelve o'clock in the morning, something like that. And there was definitely a bit of kind of fear and concern in the voices 
of of the characters yeah. that are on the show. I don't know. I thought I thought I thought we had it under control. Really, I don't think we were getting too carried away. I think you know. I think the fact that we we carried on playing decent football showed that you know the margins were were fine. It wasn't as if we were playing awfully. We weren't playing like you know like some of the teams we'd seen. We weren't Ipswich, yeah. were we? I mean, yeah. I mean, for me, the, the concern was that you just continue to lose confidence if, if you don't pick up a win or a, you know a point when you deserve it. So uh, I think with Mill, it was always going to be that tight game, wasn't it? So you know, yeah, I, 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 I was certainly, I was certainly concerned that Millwall would come and you know really give us a, a, a very hard game, which they did. But you know, it was it was whether we could cope with the aerial threat, whether whether you know we were going to be down on our confidence. And in the end, you know, there was a turning point, obviously, when Canoff scored, and it seemed like the the, the clouds lifted. The, the thing is, you know, when you go back to nature, you have you have lots of time to think. And you know you're out there sort of in your boat in the old the green and the old canyons. And I was thinking, and I just thought to myself, actually, the thing about it is that maybe as as Brentford fans we're a little bit spoilt, you know. And I'm not saying it in, in a horrible way. And I say spoilt in the way that the fact that we've we've had a really good five or six years. Okay, we've had a really really good five or six years, and we're doing really really well. And uh, all of a sudden we've gone through a little bit of a, a bad spell, which is a bad spell. But the fact is that if you look at the other, these other teams in this league. Ipswich have gone through really terrible spells. You know, teams that have been there for ages. You know, even Norwich City. I mean, they're top of the league now, but they had a terrible spell at the beginning of the season. Nottingham Forest, terrible, terrible spell. Look at Sheffield Wednesday at the moment now, the money they're spending. They've all had terrible spells. All these teams have these terrible spells. We all have terrible spells. We've had, what, three games, four games. We didn't win for nine games, but we draw quite a lot of them. And maybe we need to sort of, like I say, sit back a little bit and realise that actually maybe we are a little good, but sometimes you just do go through these bad spells but looking at things in the grand scheme of things again because that's what we like to do here a few wins and you're right back in the mix of, for, for, for the playoffs that's what I mean I was talking to Brian Moore and James Gray you know you look at the championship uh, I think they had Jordan Rhodes on the show earlier and Jordan, yeah Jordan Rhodes turned around and they were like oh you're going to promotion he's like no nah, not really you know because they lose a couple of games and suddenly they're at the playoffs they're dropping out of the automatic out of the playoffs and right down into the mix of like 16th 17th 18th I mean you look at Brentford uh, in at 13th 21 points from 16 games what are you five points off of the playoffs if teams above you a Bristol City QPR a Birmingham a Swansea a Blackburn a West Brom don't pick up points you can shoot up there well, it's, not, to well, be honest, it's, well, it's not even that it's more the case that if we win three games in a row you're, you're, you're right. I mean, that's what Norwich City did. But I mean, to, to be honest, you can expect QPR to drop points. You can expect Bristol City to drop points. You can expect Birmingham to drop points. Swansea, Blackburn, West Brom. Well, I'd, I'd, I'd like to expect I'd like to expect QPR to drop points on Saturday. Please, oh, right, oh, Aaron. Of course, yeah. We'll no, come on to that later, well. shall we? We yeah, will be looking. It does, at it does seem that a lot of teams in this division are going on little spurts. They're you know, going on five, 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 six, seven game really good runs, and it's and they're all sort of taking it in turns to get back up there again. Sheffield United started off quite stinky. They they went on a run. They started to, to drop back again now our, we're, we're going to come again we absolutely are I mean you look at Nottingham Forest a team that I don't even think have been playing good football I think they've just been grinding out results here and there you know they've spent big in the summer again they've gone for it again but they just haven't but they don't seem to have the right players for it. But they grind out results are sitting in sixth. West Brom, I mean, I can't even remember the last time they put together a consistent run of form. It's mm. one week they're beating Team 7-1. Yeah. The next week they're getting done 3-0. You know, it's just really, really strange who how did, they operate. Who did they lost again on Saturday, didn't they? Who they lost they? the whole... But- 
Hull, that's right. Yeah. Into Hull as well. Hull yeah. aren't great. Well, that's the thing with West Brom is you, you think they look a team, they look a squad that could run away with a load of results, but it just, I, just I, isn't it? I go back, you know, picking up what you just said, Bill, about uh, are we getting a bit greedy or a bit spoiled? I don't, I don't think it's that's the case. I think sometimes we're a bit guilty of um, hyping up the opponents to be better than they actually are sometimes. I think we f- fear, the, fear the worst sometimes and we actually sort of forget how good we are. But I, I think, you know, we got carried away a little bit because we had such a good start and we started to believe you know we 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 know to do that at our peril to be honest kind of, with us i think over the last two three seasons we've been i could argue we've been a top six team without finishing top six because of consistency so to, when you look at other teams that we play against there's no team that you think oh my god we're going to struggle there i mean i don't think any teams really hammered us over the last sort of two or three seasons maybe walls at Molyneux last year, sort Norwich of comfortably once. better. But other in periods when we've played well, you know, we, we take teams and push even the best teams that have won promotion. But it's not again. It's not necessarily all about playing well because the fact is that we know that we can play well. We've got the players. Even it's, I find it really interesting talking to or listening to to Thomas Frank because Thomas Frank he's actually really honest and he's, mm. he, he he tells a lot of he, he gives away quite a lot. You know what I'm saying? And he tells a lot of things where you're you're asking questions in your head. So why do we do that? How do we lose this? And he sort of tells you about you know sort of kind of sort of tactical things, which I think is quite interesting. We're a very like I said to you. We're we're a very, very, very good side. However, for us to be successful in this league, we have to, as we and we keep going on about it, combat all sorts of different styles. And what's happened is that because people have sussed us out uh, in the way that we that we play, they've worked out an, a way to negate us. Now, the fact is that if we can't work work a way around that and work out different ways to do it. Does that make you overall a good side? Because it's great being a good side playing one particular type of football. But when we played Huddersfield, they were a great passing side at one stage. But then all of a sudden, I remember they came to us, to us and they were also really hard and they were quite tough and they, they were able to change their game up. And it's the ability to be able to change your game up two or three different yeah. ways makes you an overall a good side. Yeah, let's take a short pause. Uh, we'll be carrying on uh, talking about that. We're going to hear from the Millwall Brentford fans and from Mark Burridge, of course, the Brentford commentator, letting us know uh, his thoughts following that game against Millwall as always you can get in touch with us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter um, currently it's uh, Huddersfield Town 1 Fulham nil. 52 minutes gone uh, at that game at the John Smith Stadium we'll keep you up to date with any goals or any other incidents that occur in that game in the Premier League tonight come on to Terry this is Love Sport Love Sport Actually, I mean, first half we uh, first half we were looking a bit short on confidence. Minute that first goal went in, the whole team went up a notch. Really good performance. Uh, we deservedly two 0 win. And the one player I would have loved to have seen score a goal was Malpay. Really put in the shift today. Disappointed he didn't get a goal. It's fine margins, isn't it? Last week at Norwich, their player takes a goal well. Malpay misses one. We could have got a draw at Norwich, and people would have been saying it would have been a good point. But we we did well today. We 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 saw out some some early pressure from Millwall it was pretty agricultural got the ball down played our stuff and we started to look good again I thought but yeah we just seemed to up it Millwall we, we pressured them they didn't have time on the ball they couldn't keep the ball on the pitch we did we attacked in numbers at the end what was interesting was when Watkins came on it was almost like him and Morpay were playing like a front two the interplay between those two players was very very good and Millwall couldn't handle it you know we hit the bar twice through that game we scored two goals a couple of really nice 
first moves in the second half that came to nothing we, we were by far the better team we deserve those three points and it's great to be great to be back the bees are back and what I really like about Thomas Frank is that the two home games we've had so far with him in charge he's clapped the bees fans more often than Dean Smith did in three years I think he's he's one that we can really get behind and uh, you know we're still playing the lovely football and that's what we want and just get a few more results and he's, he's you know uh, no problem Thomas Frank is, is our manager fantastic I didn't think it was our best performance by a long way you know there's, there's still a few things to sort out definitely but in terms of what we needed today which was roll up the sleeves and get stuck in against a very physical team I thought we did it very well and deserving winners in the end I mean make no mistake we could have easily one or two goals down in that first half when they you know they opened up with those headers and they missed a few headed chances and a couple of fouls um, when, when they had another couple of chances in front of goals so we, we were nervous absolutely and I think the second goal saved us from a very nervy final few minutes because I wouldn't really want to be hanging on um, in the current environment but, but we did well and no one wants to take any moral high ground but I, I couldn't watch that every week you know and if you're going to play long ball at least be quite good at it Lo- lovely away day but uh, a, a, a difficult game for us to be honest Billy um, um, actually disappointing because I thought we did alright in the first half and I thought we actually played really well defensively but actually we just didn't show enough guard up front and actually I thought Brentford were there for the taking but we uh, we cocked it up because um, we allowed Brentford to get on the front foot and they beat us and they beat us well actually it was no injustice there was a good 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 performance by Brentford in the end now to be honest last season we robbed each other we you robbed us at uh, at, uh, at home because we met, we missed the penalty and we were well on top and we robbed you at, at, at Millwall because actually Brentford were brilliant actually really well played really well when we play well we we, we, we we play a very fluid and actually a very mobile style and it's it's great to watch but today no I mean we, we just look like we were lumping it forward and um, and Brentford similarly if they do it well they look brilliant when they don't do it so well they look they it looks a bit turgid because they just look like they're passing amongst themselves it was a much needed result and it was a much needed little things like a clean sheet little things like Ollie Watkins scoring Cannell scoring um, you could see once Cannell's got the first goal the lift in the players there was some there was some scruffy little moments but I think basically we were in control the whole of the game um, now we need to go away get that first away win of the season we all know where next week um, QPR that is oh yeah and um, I, you know that, the, the, this, this championship can change within two or three weeks I'm relieved uh, um, we're moving in the right direction again I thought the atmosphere and the performance in the second half was really good as Andy said clean sheet Daniel Bentley needed something to go his way not being funny though Mill had some chances you know so you know we, we got away with the one or two things today but then so did they you know we, we hit the post go well Morpay hit the bar and then um, Ben Rama Ben Rama with that shot so you know but I think today we got we got 100% what we deserved and we will go to QPR next week and we will win they're, they're no great shakes and, and, and we are still a very good team Yeah, there you go. There you Both go. Both sets of fans uh, following that game That's right. at Griffin Park. Um, the, the Millwall fans, they had their say, and um, they had a very good day out, as you can hear. Um, and, they, and, 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 and to be fair, they were... 
drunk. <laughs> they were drunk. Very yeah. drunk. <laughs> they were very drunk. But they not also, all of them. Yeah. They were also um, at the end of the day, they 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 did pay sort of not homage, but they just said, you know, Brentford actually, you know, you you do you win. I mean, it's difficult for them because like Millwall have this. Okay, stir it up. But the guys were saying, you know, that we don't really care about anybody else. We only care about Millwall. So. It was interesting when they sort of turned around and said, mm, "Actually, you know, to be fair, you, you were due to win. We, we, you know, first half we, we basically kept you out, but the second half you kind of went up a gear and you were you were a lot better side and you deserved the win. And 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 that is actually good to hear from a Millwall fan. And like I said to you, James, them I've known them for years. They're a good set of guys, and uh, <laughs> it was just quite interesting to uh, to to get their thing. But yeah, Laney. Yeah, I know. We said it in the intro. It was just a massive relief, you know. They they did have some chances. We we had, you know, we had a mismatch there. Was who's their number five? Cooper? Was it Cooper? Jake Cooper. Jake, Jake Cooper. Cooper. Yeah. You know, uh, and we we had a little competition because we thought that he might have been bigger than any Brentford player. He looked it. He looked, but he was actually only six foot three. Was he? Uh, yeah. And the biggest Brentford player what I saw that has actually played for them full time was Terry Evans, who was six foot four. You know what I'm saying? So Terry Evans is one of the biggest Brentford players Hoff, ever. Hoff was six foot four and a half. No, six foot three, I've heard. But so anyway, there was a mis- there was a mismatch at the back. We put um, Odebajo on him for a couple of the corners, and it just looked like, honestly it looked ridiculous how he, he he kind of tried to get his arms around him without fouling him in the area. And if he'd have blooming sort of flexed his muscles, he would probably would have snapped Odebajo. Sorry, I'm, I'm going to ask a question though. I mean, Thomas Frank. The good thing is that you know three three losses in a row. If he'd lost another game, it would have been the fourth match that he'd lost in a row, and that would have been the first time any. Uh, Brentford manager would have lost their first four games in a row. Obviously, he's very relieved, but do you think that he did anything special to get this win? Do you know what? I think it just it wasn't anything special. I think he tweaked a little bit of uh, midfield play. So, obviously, you know what you're going to get with Millwall, don't you? You know the ball's going to come high into the box, direct. They're not going to play in midfield. So, if you're not going to win headers, they had Tom Elliott starting, who's again probably six foot three, six foot four, getting along that way. Um, and there were certain times if the ball goes in a certain trajectory, you're just not going to win the ball in the air. So the next best thing to do is to pick up what comes back down. And I think that's what Frank did really well. He kind of said to his two centre rows, "Look, if you don't think you're going to win it, and if you don't think you can affect where he's going to put it, then just make sure you get between the ball and the goal." And then to his midfield players, I think um, McEachran and Sawyers in particular, just picked up the second balls. The amount of second balls they got stopped Millwall getting any more pressure on us than, you know, we could manage. Uh, and I think it just allowed us to work our way into the game off of that sort of foundation. I thought, thought McEachran had a, an absolute great he did, game. Yeah. He, 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 looked, he looked really on top of his game. We, we needed that from him. Um, we all, I thought Frank was a little bit brave in so much as that he, he, he dropped he dropped Watkins. There was that, you know, there was a, f- a few people that thought, you know, raised their eyebrows about that. Um, and also, you know, playing Odo Baggio. Um, no, uh, he had a great game. He though. did have a good game, but, you know, a couple of people come up to me in the pub before going, oh, you know, Moses was at fault for, you know, two of the goals up at Preston. You know he's he's not good in the air. Um, he's going to be a liability today, and, and he and he wasn't. Um, you know I think we got away with one or two headers, but you know overall. But interesting. I mean, let's talk about those two points here because you talk about him dropping off the Watkins. Okay, um, Watkins has got a lot of hype last season, and and he's played all this season. Do you think that was the right thing to do? 
Yeah, I do. Um, mm. I, I, don't, I don't think he's played... Quite the surprise, wasn't it, how to kick off? Well, it, it was, because, you you know, it's the hype. Uh, but we, we haven't seen him deliver it in recent weeks. And for whatever reason, I think that maybe that sends a really good message out to the others, is the fact that if you're not, if you're not on it, I mean, you're not going to get... You're not guaranteed a start. Um, and, and, and I think that was right. And he, did, he came on and he, he got a goal. Um, I'm not saying, you know, came on and it was, a, you know, he was on fire. He, he did play well. But, um, but that goal was, the goal was a really good goal, yeah, though, it was wasn't it? It was a cracker. It was, a it cracker. was almost like they were telepathic between the two of them when they sort of the passing and then the way he ran and yeah. came through. Again, a very impressive build-up. As you, you're right, you know, they've been working on those passages of play. It was, it was, it was the one thing that Morpay was, was lacking in his first season here was the fact that he kind of just didn't know all those intricate manoeuvres that mm. they were, they were, they'd been training, training on the blackboards and training on the pitch. Now he does. And, you know, the ball, the ball through to Canos for the first goal was just delicious you know um, unselfish um, he's, he's the leading goal scorer at the moment um, you, would, ex- you, you, well, you would, ex- would expect him to have a pop there but he didn't he did the right thing and I think that's that's what I think the players are starting to do again is make the right decisions at the right times the other, oh, just jumping in with the Watkins as well um, actually it's what you want from your, your subs isn't it to, to make something happen in a game and he did it it uh, got left out. Ben Rama had a really good game, did good as game, did Canos. Yeah. I thought Canos again was unlucky to go off. But if you're Watkins and then you're looking at those two playing well, you're thinking, well, I need to do something here. When I get on, make my, get my chance, take it. And he did it. And that's, you know, that's what you want big squads to do. They're all pushing each other to get the starting spot. And it's interesting you talk about Ben Rama as well, because I thought that, you know, past couple of games, Ben Rama. You know, we we he went off against Reading and the red card he got a red card against Reading and he hasn't started against Reading and the fact is that we know that if you look at this you know all these charts and his XG and everything like that Ben Rama is is properly out there as the man who creates chances he puts the chances in the box he is absolutely fantastic you know what I'm saying so Ben Rama. For me, not playing for the last couple of games, he come, he's come off a sub, which is all good. So, but all of a sudden, you know, to be fair to Frank, he's put him on. He played really well, particularly in the first half. He hit the crossbar as well in the first half as well. But also, like I said to you, we talked about Thomas, Thomas Frank, the manager, and he's really honest about the reason why he left him out of the side, you know, and he just kind of said he needs to kind of sort himself out a little bit, you know, which I thought was quite interesting. So, you know, Ben Rama, I think that maybe him being out of the game for a couple of, couple of two or three or four games has actually helped his game and helped Brentford. Yeah, we need to take a short break because Mark Burridge, uh, the Brentford commentator, is going to be joining us uh, to look back at that game against Millwall and look ahead to uh, to the game against QPR as well. 9.23, this is Love Sport. Love Sport. Yeah, this is Love Sport Ready with your Brentford fan show. Let's welcome on Brentford commentator Mark Burridge. Mark, good evening. Good evening, guys. How are you? Yeah, evening, very Mark. well, thanks, pal. Mark, what did you make of uh, of the game um, needed for Thomas Frank? Uh, it was a big three points for him. Yeah, ma- massive three points. I think we were uh, all just a little bit concerned. I feel that fans uh, had great faith in the way we were still trying to play we weren't playing that well we weren't playing that badly it's not as if we were being beaten by a number of goals got beaten by 
uh, 3-1 up at Derby when they were very good for, for half an hour. And I think that's the trouble in this league. If you drop your, drop your levels for a little while, um, this team's good enough to take you apart, as we will do to, to many for the rest of the season. But a big, a big three points. It was a little bit nervous um, early on. I felt the crowd were fairly quiet, understandably. But once we got that goal in the second half, uh, the confidence came in. Uh, the second goal was needed at the end. It could have been, uh, could have been one or two more at the end. It was a good performance. I don't think any anyone would have been marked uh, less than seven out of ten. So, hi, Mark. It's Dave. Um, hello, Dave. Hello, mate. Um, you know, you're right about you know, obviously Thomas Frank. He's been a bit of a obviously a shaky start. It's not the kind of start that he would have wanted. But you're right, the performances weren't really anything to be concerned about. Um, it was it was good to see him sort of walking round the stands um, on the pitch at the end of the game, sort of you know applauding applauding the supporters. There seems to be some sort of rapport being being established there where he, he's obviously going out of his way to to come and uh, to acknowledge um, the supporters what's what's your thoughts of him as a as a person so far yeah he's it's he comes over as Dean smith does you know as a, as a lovely guy with the players respect and um very charismatic a real deep deep thinker as well i mean just below where we comment out on the gantry is uh, where we used to see dean smith and richard o'kelly thomas frank was always the one who came out of the of the dugout to import his wisdom on them, and then you would see changes. So he's always been to me as the tactician of the of the trio, and now obviously he's got to bring man management into that. He had a tough gig, didn't he? Coming in once he'd lost against Bristol City, two away games within a week. Um, it's very very difficult, and uh, I think we're just also relieved for him as much as the team that we've uh, got back to winning ways and I'm sure we'll build from him could have a very good November uh, from you know from your vantage point you sit you sit up in that sort of um, in the gantry looking down on, on the game um, you know you can be honest with us have you ever been tempted to flick something at one of the away, away substitutes <laughs> <laughs> not no not in the last um, uh, last few seasons I can't think of any uh, players have got, uh, got right off our noses but uh, I'll, I'll let you know when it happens um, Mark you know another week another London derby how big was that win against Millwall going into the game against QPR who let's be fair uh, have, have surprised everyone in the way they've turned their season around Oh, fantastic! He's done a great job, McLaren. I mean, they, you know, know a few people who who support the team, and they were they were writing their team off after three or four games, like everybody else. Well, the pundits were as well. So he's turned it around uh, really well. We needed that going into it, you know, for the team and the fans as well. We needed a bit of a lift going into the derby. Uh, they looked a little bit unlucky to lose to a late penalty at Blackburn, which is a tough place to go. So they'll be confident. We've uh, certainly had the better of them the last few seasons. Of course, should have won there last season. Two uh, late goals, particularly the last one, was ridiculous. But uh, we've always played well against them and normally come out on top. So we'll be hoping for the same again. It'll be a, be a terrific afternoon. It'll be a tough London Derby. And you know, going back to you know, you you've been sort of the commentator and, and and sitting up there. Have you noticed there's been a kind of a difference, a different kind of um, different vibe from the visitors, like the the other the other sort of guests and the commentators and the players that come and sit up with you? Are people starting to give Brentford a little bit more credit, or um, are we being taken more seriously over the last couple of years? Oh, Have you noticed no, is it noticeably different? I think uh, you know something, but particularly the pundits to come and work uh, for Gillette Soccer Saturday who are there they'll always um, 
I was over and say, like, anything you need to need to know once the teams are out and so on and so forth. And, and they're, they're, without doubt, all complimentary about the way it's going. But where, whereas it seemed to be a bit of a surprise the first couple of years, Dave, we were in the championship and we, we had that incredible first season where we were just, you just wanted to survive after the start we had. So then a few months later, it's like, wow. We, you know, just before Christmas, could have gone top for a while, couldn't we, against Ipswich? Um, it, it, that, that all seemed a little bit sudden, but now people respect Brent. I feel there's a lot more respect for the club out there, from, from pundits everywhere. They know what we're all about. We're an established championship team now, and we're often regarded as a team most likely to surprise everyone and get into the, uh, the promised land of the Premier League, of course. And then, in terms of uh, in terms of you know the ground itself, Brick Griffin Park, how good it would it to be to see you know potential Premier League football coming to that? Uh, well, not to Griffin Park itself, but to the new ground that is that is springing up so quickly uh, over at Lionel Road. Well, it, it is as you said, it's springing up so quickly. You know, passing it pretty well every fortnight. <laughs> it takes our breath away. The rate it's uh, it, it's going up, and whereas six months ago it, it wasn't even in our thoughts. You know, it was all Griffin Park and when we're leaving and so on. I mean, it would be wonderful if we could have a year of uh, um, Premier League football at Griffin Park next season. Um, if that doesn't happen, I think we're, we'll all accept. We'll be sad when we, we move. But once we're into the new ground, uh, we'll, be, we'll be hoping to take that next step. Obviously, the corporate side will, will be able to expand massively. And um, we, we should be able to, I would think, be having sellouts there fairly, fairly regularly. And... Um- you know, in terms of Thomas Frank this season, what is the the ambition and the the aim from from the board to him? Um, you know, is it a case of picking up from where Dean Smith left off, or or, or is he going to bring something different, in your opinion, to the job? Do we do you reckon we're going to see maybe a different sort of start to Brentford, a different Brentford on a whole? Well, it'll be. I think we will play. You know, we always play pretty well the same system maybe he'll uh he'll you, you talked about maybe he'll he'll tweak things a little bit he'll bring his own style i think it'll be man management and one or two new ideas we've got we've got a young team so you're expecting them to improve we've seen a very exciting cameo from josh silver the other day after so i think all the fans were impressed with what we saw from him uh he could bring us a, a little bit of power and a real box-to-box man from the midfield so expecting more players to come through from the B team eventually. I mean, we we don't go out, and part, apart from Andres Bjelland, we don't really go out and buy established professionals. Uh, it's not been our way the last few seasons. Whether that's enough to get us to make the next step up now, I, I don't know. The board no doubt will be looking and working with Thomas Frank and the, uh, the director of football we're doing their thing and trying to bring in more gems that they have done so successfully the last few seasons to, to make that next step up. It's such fine margins in this championship, as we all know, which is, I think this season more than any, is just making it so special. and It's just getting that extra extra 5% out, which, are, which will put us into the top six. You're right to mention Josh De Silva. Is this what you kind of hope for, isn't it? When uh, someone comes off the bench to make their debut and you, they, they, they really kind of they stand out, they, they leave you think, wanting more, you can't wait to see him again next week and you're wondering how um, Thomas Frank's going to integrate him into the, into the starting 11. You know, to, he's obviously one that he's, he's spotted um, on, the, on the training pitch and he's, and he's kind of now it's his turn to pick the team. Um, he's, uh, he's 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 right up there. The same with this Canice 
Chambers as well. Is it, is it Carol? Name? Carol. He's, he's obviously someone else that he's he's sort of really sort of been taken by in his in in his in his short time at Renford. Well, we've seen we've seen Chris Metham, you know, against again he came on didn't he in the cup game or he started in the cup game against Norwich, gave away a penalty early on, but recovered well in that game. Or said you know he put he put that mistake behind himself, did well. Then he was in against Middlesbrough after that. Within a few months, he's rooming with Gareth Bale and playing for Wales. You know, and and probably our best player week in week out. Um, who's to say that Josh Silver won't suddenly do that? Yeah, who knows? Uh, Mark, thank you so much for joining us uh, this evening. Mark Burridge, Brentford commentator with us on Love Sport Radio. Still Huddersfield 1, Fulham nil. Fulham having the ball in the back of the net, but it being uh, ruled out. And there's a few players coming down with uh, with knocks and a few issues. Stefan Johansson's had to come on for Fulham after Kevin McDonald was injured. Tom Kearney's gone down, as has Alexander Mitrovic. So uh, it's not really looking too good for Slavisia Kanovic's side. 13 to play there at the John Smiths will keep you up to date with everything that goes on and you're you're thinking that Jukanovic could be in a bit of trouble if they lose tonight I thought it a couple of weeks ago and to be honest um, I got a lot of abuse for it but only from your Fulham chums my Fulham chums yes your chums I don't know know anyone who uses the word chums one two and potty for it more than Billy over here you know that there are are other people that chum you know talk about the chums Chums. we won't talk about that uh, they used to be a brand of dog food didn't it chums probably still is you know um, but no no, I took took a bit of took a bit of abuse took a bit of a a beating for it Um, but in my opinion I think the written journalists and the written press were just simply looking for a, a target after Jose Mourinho. The Jose Mourinho stuff's calmed down. They have to pick on someone. They've tried to pick on uh, on, on David Wagner at Huddersfield, but his chairman's He's turned around and said, name, well, his chairman, his chairman's turned around and going, well, we, we, he, he'll prom- he promoted us, he'll, he'll relegate us. There you go. Any, any, any manager who's got a beer actually named after him, which is the Wagner beer. Have you ever been to Huddersfield? They've actually got the Wagner gold. Oh, delightful. You see? No, it's true. So, so you know, he's, he's fine. He's, he's sort of who, who knows what that means for Sean Dyche, who's got a whole pub named after him. At yeah. uh, 9.37, we'll be back shortly. This is Love Sport. Love Sport, 5.58 a.m. This is Love Sport. Yeah, this is your Brentford Fancher on Love Sport Radio and following the news of Wayne Rooney's bonus England cap, which Brentford football club player would you like to see invited back for one game only? Chaps, great question. Marty Rowlands. Got to be in it. Just, <laughs> just for the shit hell of it, for 60 minutes of uh, dog's abuse and then uh, <laughs> when he thinks he's getting hauled off. Everyone just throws even more at him, just to confuse him. Yeah, we, we put this out on Besotted.com or Besotted uh, Twitter as well today, and we got untold replies actually. Lots and lots of people actually uh, would love to see an ex-Brentford player come back. Marcus Gale had even said, uh, I'd, I'm fit for this weekend, but um, actually obviously he's playing, you know, as well. But um, for me, I'd love to see Lloyd Awuzu. Lloyd Awuzu. I knew you were going to say that. I love Lloyd I knew man. you were going to say that. man, mate, you know, with the lofting and the hands and stuff like that. Lloyd Awuzu as well, but also Carl Hutchins, who's another one of my, my boys as well, seeing him 
coming back because Hull Cole's just a bit of a character, as we say. Any of the Icelandics? Um, Herman. Herman, Herman Herodison was fantastic in, the, in in this defence. Maybe maybe getting him Marshall, he could be the he could be the puff daddy for uh, um, for for Chris <laughs> Meppham. You know what I'm saying? Because he needs a new puff daddy, seeing as like you know as Bielander's moved off to to Denmark to become the highest player play, uh, paid player in Denmark. So he needs a new puff daddy. I'll so tell you what, Herman. what would be fun though would be Terry Herlock. Just to see how him playing in this modern era would go. How long he would last. Would he last? Well, he was always a better player than I know, he's people, a good cracking footballer, yeah. He, but he did like a Just the, the well. aggressive nature of him. And Lenny, what about you? Who would you bring back if you could for, for maybe one game and one game only? <sighs> one game, one game only. Oh, I, I, I would like to see um, Keith Jones back. I don't know. I, yeah, he's, he's certainly one. Um, Pritchard. Mm. Um... I'd like to see oh, Dean Holdsworth as well. I, I, I think in, in he, he could finish him. Gary Blissett. It'd be, it'd be hard to get Dean Holdsworth back because we, we haven't managed to get him back. I mean, we still got his gnome that he won the uh, Besotted Player of the Year in about 1993 or something like that. Neil, uh, Neil Shipley would be quite fun for... Ships, for, Ships is a great guy. Mm. He's a good guy. Ships he's is a, a top man. He wouldn't be able to get him in the... He's not a shirt big enough for him. <laughs> It'd be a squeeze, wouldn't it? Yeah. Squeeze yeah. him in alongside yeah. Clyde Vinar. That was a cracking part. Clyde Vinar. <laughs> that was a great part. He played at Huddersfield as well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. that's right, yeah. Tell yeah. you who we did get called from as well. Um, it's the Coca-Cola Kid. A lot of Brentford fans remember him. The Coca-Cola Kid, which oh, is uh, Chris, Chris Moore. Moore. Chris Moore as well. I've met him. He's a right character as well. And uh, he, he said, I'm up for it as well and, and I don't know if you know the story about Chris Moore because what happened is that we got some money from Coca-Cola we, we, we won some sort of prize a, is, that no, also, is that when they sponsored the leagues that's I think it was yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think fans didn't fans have to do something or other it was that, a competition some sort of and competition. it was a Brentford fan won a competition and five grand we won yeah, it, and, really? and we could sign a player we end up signing Chris Moore so he end up being called the Coca-Cola kid right. Right, you know, and he mm. played for us a bit like, like I said I met him a few times I, I want to reverse character. this question and ask who would you hate to see back in a Brentford shirt Martin Rowlands. <laughs> yeah, uh, oh. Harley mm. Dean. Yeah. Mm. Stuart Nelson. <laughs> oh. You know, I, I used to go to school with a couple of Brentford fans and they used to hate Stuart Nelson. Yeah, yeah we've had worse goalies, haven't we? Yeah, he was definitely, definitely a Marmite. Cox Galson. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Big hands, he had massive yeah. hands. Who else would you hate to, to see in a Brentford shirt? It's, 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 it's just, just true. Jota. Paddy Roach in goal would be a bit of a... I think we'd have hot... Not hot back any day. On the bench. Put him on the bench, yeah. Or George Bancoli. George was brilliant. George Bancoli, yeah. as he was known. As. <laughs> George Bancoli, he, 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 he was brilliant, actually. He played, in fact, he played in goal against Hull, wasn't it, that time? And we put all the unions, like, including That's, Carly yeah, Osborne, they made yeah, their debut. The we beat Hull when they were... To be honest, the list of who you wouldn't want to be back is just so <laughs> long. It's got to be Murray Jones. Paul, Paul yeah, Murray Jones. Murray probably, Jones. But we've, you know, in 40-odd years that I've been a fan, I've seen some awful players. So, you know, it's only the last... It's only the last sort of half a dozen... Uh, <laughs> yeah be memorable chaps let's uh, let's take a break and uh, off the back of this we're going to be speaking to Kevin Gallen a man who uh, I think he played against uh, or played alongside um, Martin Rowland so you can you he can did. talk all it's things Rowland's next if we talk want. about badge kissing and all that nonsense yeah yeah we can talk about everything 942 we'll be back with Kevin Gallen next 558 AM Love Sport The Opposition View on Love Sport Time for the opposition. <laughs> That's not very nice. Yeah. That's not very nice. Let's talk to uh, to QPR legend, Mr. Kevin Gallen. Kevin, how are you? 
very well, thank you. Yeah, these chaps, um, these chaps are, are big Martin Rowlands fans. Can you tell them a bit about Martin? Obviously, he spent a bit of time at Brentford and QPR. What was it like playing with him? Oh, Martin was a very good player, and there was um, a very good signing for QPR when he um, when he came to us. He could play right back, centre back, left midfield, right midfield. He was an excellent player, and he'd done excellent for for QPR. And I really enjoyed playing uh, alongside him. He was a a good lad as well. Really enjoyed his company, and uh, yeah, he was excellent for QPR. I can only say uh, really good things about him. Was he the um, was he the best um, badge kisser at the club while while you were there? <laughs> Um, I don't know. There was uh, there was plenty uh, who would like to kiss the badge, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. Is, it, is that does that is that an offence to do that? Yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't see what the problem yeah, is. Do, so do, I, do, I, I think, I I think loads of players doing that. I, I think I, I think you were involved in the game against us when when Martin got into a little bit of fisticuffs with um, Stephen Hunt at uh, the final whistle. I think that was the that was the badge yeah, kissing. Yeah, well, I do remember that because he. Um, I think Stephen Hunt stamped on his. Uh, Achilles, and then apologised after the game. So, yeah, well, people So we had Stephen Hunt on the show um, on this show about three weeks ago, and uh, he we, we were sort of ribbing him about that. And he didn't men- he didn't mention the Achilles stamp for strangely, but he, what he did say he, he was up for a he was up for an arm wrestle with Martin at, at some stage <laughs> in the future. We, we can organise that. We can we can all that organise that, Kevin. We can all watch that. Kev, it's, it's been an interesting campaign for QPR. You know, obviously everyone is going to look at that um, that that seven-one at West Brom, and 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 you know the Niners were out for Steve McLaren, but he has somehow turned things around, and and there seems to be an air of po- positivity for the first time in a long time around Loftus Road. Well, yeah, that seven-one defeat at the start of the season was uh, horrendous. Uh, I wasn't at the game, but I watched it. I was away. I was in Spain, but I took myself away from the beach to watch that, which was a really bad decision uh, for obvious reasons. Yeah, it was a very poor performance. Um, the, the team just completely collapsed against a very good West Brom team on the day. But yeah, ever since that, um, they lost again uh, midweek against Bristol City. But uh, they they came back strong and they they got some good loan signings in, and, they, and the recovery started with a one 0 home win against uh, Wigan. Which you know that could get that could easy have went either way, but we managed to win that game. And then there's been a few tricky results, but the last six or seven weeks has been excellent, except for the, the game against Blackburn on um, on Saturday. So yeah, uh, home form's pretty good at the moment. And we beat Aston Villa the last time at Loftus Road, which was uh, which was on Sky and it was a very entertaining game. And you know the fans got really behind the the team and. I expect the fans to get right behind the team again on Saturday against Brentford, which is a very tough game. Uh, I know. Um, hello, Kev, mate. This is Billy. I mean, Laney, the last time we saw you, we were filming you outside the stadium, if I remember rightly, a, a couple of years ago. And I think it was round, right. round about the, the the Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank era. I think. And I'm not. I think it was. Yes. I think, he was on his, right. I think he was on his way out, actually, I think he was. And I think, I think yeah. poss- possibly Holloway was on his way in. I mean, the fact is that QPR have had so many managers over the years now. And, you know, the Holloway, the Hasselbank, and now we've come into the McLaren. You know, what is the difference? And do you think that McLaren is the man that can actually solidify and take QPR to another level? Or do you think still they've got a few problems? Well, look, I don't think it's... Uh it's that easy for McLaren at the moment because at the end of the day he's got um, he's got three loan signings now. At the end of the season, do we keep them and buy them, or do they go back to their uh, original clubs? Uh, I know they're they're uh, 
two of them are from premierships are on big money and we have got the financial fair play still uh, hanging over our heads so uh it's, it's still i feel it's still a tough job we've had a really good month but you know in the championship anything you, you lose three games and everyone it's doom and gloom you win three on the trot and everyone's looking upwards to the playoffs and anything's a possibility so I heard Steve McLaren uh, against Aston Villa saying, "Take one game at a time," and, and I believe that's 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 the case, and, and that should be the the policy at the moment. So Brentford on Saturday, and let's try and get three points. But look, I can't predict the future at QPR. It's, it's always been a, a bit unsteady, with like you just said about the managers coming and going. So let's just see what happens uh, at the end of the season and where we are. But yeah, but I mean, I know the Brentford fans have been a little bit disappointed in seeing the resurgence of uh, of QPR. We thought it was another Steve McLaren um, destroy and exit um, job that he I does everywhere that. else. Yeah, but yeah. you know, but we go, you know, in a local local West London derby, um, they're obviously always keenly contested. We saw last season we were two nil, go- two goals up, and we were th- we thought we were coasting, and then there was that horrible, oh. but. Bite, yeah. biting the biting the biting the butt right at the end of the game, you know. Do QPR players now and the fans do they do they take this game a bit more seriously now? Because I know that we, you know, historically you you don't like to look at Brentford as rivals, but surely it's about you know the penny must have dropped by now. <laughs> yeah, well, Chelsea have always well, well when I was growing up it was always Chelsea. So in the eighties, nineties, it was always Chelsea, but Chelsea have. You know, we're not in the same division as Chelsea at the moment. Um, and then last season, Fulham and Brentford were the, were the two big local rivals. I'm sure QPR fans will be desperate to win, uh, like Brentford fans are desperate to win. So um, we didn't. Um, we drew, was it last season at home? And, you know, I have to say, Brentford dominated that game and uh, we've done well to come back and get two goals in the last three or four minutes. And then the, the game away from home was, you know, uh, you know, Brentford with the better team, so QPR fans will be desperate to uh, to beat Brentford on Saturday, and so so will I. And you know, you've had a change of manager. I think you won on Saturday against Millwall, two nil. So you're you're coming into the game in decent form. So all these games, every game in the Championship, but you know, a local derby, West London derby. Actually, you're not West London, are you? You're Downslow, is that oh, right? Oh, oh, so, a local, a localish derby. Childish. So, um, <laughs> true. Always go on postcodes, Glenn. Always go on postcodes. And so it's going to be, uh, it's always a local derby, and it's going to be tough, and the QPR fans will be desperate to win. Most definitely. Uh, have you seen much of Brentford this season? If so, who, who are you looking out for, player-wise? Um, I haven't uh, watched Brentford, but I've always um, this season. I, last season, I watched uh, Brentford a few times, and I, I always liked Ollie Watkins on the left. Is he still playing on the left? I think he's well, a really he's, good, yeah, he's good a really good, a really good signing for Brentford. From uh, excellent signing, he he can play on the left. He can play down the middle as well. So he's uh, definitely a danger. And um, the centre forward is it Mapai? Have Mopai, I got his yeah. name right? Yeah, yeah. Mopai. He scored a few goals. He's he's sharp. We've got some good players in, in the midfield and uh, um, and up front. So you know we've got keep got to be on the top of their game to get a, to get a victory on Saturday. There's no doubt about that. And and and, and as well, Kev. I mean, um, I know that I, I spoke to Ian Holloway um, at the beginning of the season as well, and he was talking about the fact that you know he felt his hands are tied to a little bit, and they're trying to bring through a lot of the, the young players. I mean, we saw keep B team or under 23s play against Brentford B team last season when Chris Meppham. 
who obviously was a QPR player, but decided to move yeah. to pastures new and the right pastures as well. But um, you had a number of players playing, but you've got a couple of players coming through that you're quite excited about, like this, is it Ezzy as well, who plays for, he plays for England as well, doesn't he? Under 20s, yeah, Ezzy, is, uh, he plays number 10, just sort of off the striker. Uh, yeah, very good, skillful player. Be definitely um, uh, one for Brentford to watch. Um, he's um, he's good on the ball. He can hold it. He gets free kicks. Uh, yeah, so and he's got a good finish on him uh, when he gets a chance. Left or right foot. So yeah, he's a very good player. And then we've got the young lad in goal, Joe Lumpy, twenty-two, twenty-three. He's came in. Um, he didn't start the season, but he's came in after four or five games. They made a change after the you know the West Brom and Bristol City game, and he came in and he's been in. Ever since, I think he's made maybe seven or eight clean sheets, which you know, you know, outstanding for a goalkeeper at this stage of the season. Um, so he, he's he's definitely uh, done well for for a young lad. But you know, they brought in the older players, um, Hamid and um, Nucky Wells, mm. and Cameron's made a big difference. Don't so forget Rankell as well. He's the oldest of the old. Yeah, and Rankell's come in and he's, 30, he's I think he's thirty-six now, but he don't play like a thirty-six-year-old. He's uh, He's still got a bit of legs about him and he's got the experience, but it's going to be an interesting game because a Brentford player style of football, which they roll a ball out, they all sort of know what they're doing and and QPR at the moment are very big and very powerful and uh, it's going to be a contrast of styles. How do you see this one going at the weekend, pal? I I, I always think it's definitely in 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 the championship. Whoever scores first usually wins the game, so whoever gets the first goal, it won't, it won't lose for definite. Uh, QPR at home, there's a sort of like um, someone just said, a good feel, good factor with the fans. I'm going to go one more to QPR. Oh, nice one. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for joining us. We'll talk to you on Sunday, Kev. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Yeah, no problem. Lovely stuff. Thanks for joining us. Kevin Gallon, QPR legend there with us on Love Sport Radio. Let's talk about the result at the John Smith Stadium. Could it be curtains to Savicio Kanovic at Fulham because they have been beaten by a goal to nil? We have to say, actually, as Brentford fans here, we've decided between ourselves as well, it's very childish to celebrate a Fulham loss. Um, You know, them... In the, in the Premier League at the moment, they're not doing particularly well. And for us to sit down and lord it and do this, we need to concentrate on our own game and so make sure wrong. that we're winning. Um, and Fulham losing today, you know, it's just one of those things, isn't it? You do talk rubbish on the but anyway, listen. And, and to get a more sort of, um, to, get, to get a more concentrated, balanced view on it. What? No, there's no no balance. No, I'm happy, I'm happy to see them lose. Everything. Big Sam's available. Isn't he? Well, there you have it. Um, let's look <laughs> at uh, let's look at the uh, the weekend's fixture. Kevin Gallon reckons that QPR are going to uh, going to edge it. How do you reckon it's going to go? Personally, I can't see anything other than a bees win. I I, I think Saturday was a turning point. If if we hadn't won, if we hadn't beat Millwall, I would have been a bit more nervous. I'm going. Two one Bs. Oh, two one Bs to me as well. I think we're all over it now and very excited. Second half, one that Brentford. shows how we're going to play. One nil Brentford for me. Thank you very much, chaps. Uh, this is of course available. Go on, Billy. Twenty first Friday, the twenty first of December. Put it in your diary. It's the besotted end of season. So, oh, that was Christmas social at the Fuller's Brewery. It's going to be fantastic. We've got a player who's going to be whoa, whoa. It's going to be a whoa moment for everybody. Twenty first of. December, Friday night. It's Roland's. There you have it. Thank you very much for joining us this evening. I'm back tomorrow night from 7 as we talk all things Crystal Palace. Have a great night.
7.58 a.m. Love Sport. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.